0: Hey, and welcome to the This Week in Games, a podcast series from the fine people of Deconstructor of Fun. The concept of this podcast is simple. Your hosts are Joseph Kim and myself, Mishka Katkov. The goal of this podcast is to highlight and deconstruct a few of the most relevant news in games. Most importantly, we promise to aim to keep these podcast series episodes short. So, hit us up on Twitter to let us know which news topics you want us to talk about, and hit the subscribe button to hear us deconstructing the latest news. Enjoy. We're live, finally. It's Friday. No, no, it's not Friday yet. It's Thursday, late evening uh-huh. Uh, so we are getting twig in for this week we almost missed this
1: <laughs> twig 11 by the way so twig eleven made a lot efficient. of progress
0: a lot of progress we keep saying this every week that we're making progress and all i feel is like we we're just barely hanging on to this weekly schedule <laughs> so it doesn't feel like we're making progress but but looking at the numbers we are and people are listening people are commenting so thank you a lot for all for all those comments and and for, for all the, uh, the good wishes and, and the, and the, yeah, and for appreciating, um, uh, and for listening, most importantly for listening. Thank you for listening.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, it's been kind of amazing, how, you know, the the type of feedback that, that we've been getting, it's been very positive and favorable. So, um, that, that's really encouraging, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I actually really wanted to do this podcast at the beginning, just because I felt like there were a lot of, um, you know, like we did that original big IP podcast, and I th- thought I sucked so bad. I, I, I still think I suck, but um, hof- hopefully, getting a little bit better. I, I, I think it's, you know, kind of the initial target was to do 10, 10 episodes. Uh-huh. And hopefully, there'd be a lot of improvement. I think there's a tiny bit of improvement, but, uh, you know, hopefully <laughs> we just keep going and I, I'll improve more.
0: No, I, I got the feedback that there's significant improvements from the first episodes. Okay. Um, in terms of sound quality and overall the quality of the content and how we pace it. And also, I have to say, this tells a lot about your character, where you said that since you felt that you failed in our first podcast, you immediately wanted to start a podcast series <laughs> with a right. with pure goal of you just um, improving your, your um, podcasting skills. Yeah. I, I love it. This is this so we're doing that. But okay, so enough about us and enough about this. Let's talk about today's um today's topics. JK, walk us through.
1: Okay, so we've got three articles that we want to cover today. And the first is um from Envision Game Community, where uh and entitled and Study Finds 42% of gamers now use mobile as their main gaming platform. So we'll dig into that study and you know talk about how, how much You know, mobile is is like a primary platform now. The second article is about Zynga. Um, Zynga is well positioned in the favorable video game market, Stifle says, and so uh, it looks like an investment bank is is now covering Zynga and um, and suggesting and and, you know evaluating as as a buy. And the final article we're going to talk about is Nintendo's new uh, game. Uh, and we'll talk about Nintendo in a little bit more depth as well, but um, this is an article titled, Nintendo Bets on Dragons in First Built-From-Scratch Mobile Game. So just going ahead and, and jumping into the, the first article, um, and it's it's basically uh, about a study that was conducted by a mobile game developer called Tappable, where they discovered that 42% of gamers now consider smartphones to be their first choice for gaming and this compares to 32% for console and 26% for PC. So, you know, you should probably take this with a grain of salt because this mm-hmm. was a survey conducted by a relatively unknown developer. But, you know, directionally, I, I think that this is um, largely correct and anecdotally in terms of what, what I'm seeing in the market as well. And certainly when you look at the growth of the overall revenue in, in the mobile gaming market, this this is likely, you know, right on. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that... The the founder of Tappable, a guy named Sam, had a quote where he said, mobile gaming is the biggest category in the App Store, with approximately 75% of consumer spend coming in this category. And some sites suggesting the spend could reach $100 by 2020. A couple of interesting parts of the the survey that, that was mentioned in the article also stated that um, 40% of respondents said they now mostly play mobile games to pass idle time. And 38% said it's because they're on their mobiles most of the time. And what this sort of indicates is that, you know, mobile is becoming a primary gaming platform, you know, potentially because of the convenience factor. So because you've got your mobile phone around so, so often, it's there, it's convenient. That's, you know, sort of the the, the thesis that they're making in terms of why mobile has grown so much. And then a couple of other interesting points um, from the survey is when asked what they'd like to see from mobile gaming in the f- future, the majority, 31% of respondents said longer gameplay and more complex campaigns storylines. Story hmm. And finally, a further 30% said they want better controls. And so in terms of this article, Mishka, I've got uh, a, you know, a few questions for you. So, so one, you know, mobile's grown quite a lot mm-hmm. uh, and 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 now we we've come to to the point where it's it's you know potentially at least according to the survey the primary gaming platform you know much higher than console and PC at least according to the survey you know are we at a peak or how how much further growth do you think there is in in mobile games
0: yeah so i have to say the first thing that i was thinking about as you were mm-hmm. going through these numbers was yep. black shark so if you if you're not familiar <laughs> Black with Black Shark, it's it's a it's a gaming phone. It's a liquid cold gaming phone from okay. <laughs> Xiaomi. Oh, Xiaomi. <laughs> and all I was thinking about is is that when I think about like mobile gamers, I think about the the, the Republic of Gamers phone. The, the is that the Acer phone. I think about Razer phone. I think about yeah. most importantly, Amazon I think-
1: had a phone too that they were trying to like focus yeah. on game.
0: That that wasn't even so. If you are listening to this, I dare you to Google Black Shark phone. That's that's literally the most mobile game. But yeah, let's be serious. So, so is there is this is this? Um, first of all, I mean, whenever I see these percentages, whenever I see the study, it's like, who's the gamer? Where was this survey conducted? Who were the people? Is it Asians? Is it you know more in, in the U.S. or is it around the world? Anyways, but not even going deeper into that or in in the in uh, the in the way the study was conducted. I think the, the cat is I think the mobile um mobile games or the mobile game revenues are continuing to grow. And we are seeing this we're seeing this almost on a monthly basis, but most importantly on quarterly basis that, that you know the big games keep on getting bigger. But I have to say that that the um the 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 way that pie has been distributed um is is um is not favoring the smaller developers not even favoring most of the time the mid-level developers so so the market is growing but the market is maturing at an extremely rapid pace that that the uh, the big big ones are just getting bigger and they're getting bigger of that hundred billion billion dollar pie
1: right so you're talking more on the on the developer side you think there's going to be continued sort of consolidation and, and the big players just getting bigger. Is, is is that what you mean?
0: Yes. Yeah. And we can see it. And, and it happens happens a lot through just, just the, the sheer scale of the, of the big developers and as well as the resources they have. Uh, and, it, and it all ends up in, in not only the production values, but also the, uh, the marketability. So the market is—it's it, really hard to penetrate. It's—it's just—it's just really, really hard with a for a small developer. So that's that's the other thing that I was thinking about because Tapable is a relatively unknown, small developer, and as they are doing this pitch, this argument that the mobile market is growing, it's so great, it's hundred billion dollars. I'm sure we can get a slice of that. Well, not really. Like the big boys are are not sharing any slices. So, um, I think.
1: I think for me, in terms of the overall growth of mobile gaming revenue, I, I am encouraged by a few positive trends. The first is is what I would call like the the generational effect. Like, you know, a lot of old school console and PC players that aren't used to free to play are getting older, but at the same time, the younger generation who are growing up on like a free to play model are you know are growing up and they're becoming a larger part of the overall market. So I think that. You you know we can continue to see increased revenue growth based upon on on that on on the demographic trends that are occurring. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I I also think that that if we think about who was monetizing in terms of mobile games, it was like primarily folks who are who are like we've basically had whale based um, you know revenue uh, Mm -hmm. revenue Mm -hmm. growth because of the way that the games were monetizing primarily off of gotcha and and, and things of that nature. Whereas, you know, with, with the popularization of Fortnite and battle pass and the potential to actually attract a different kind of audience to, to, to pay that, we could also see continued growth. So, you know, I'm fairly, I would say optimistic and bullish that, um, you know, even though, uh, you know, device penetration has increased, even though like, geographically you know there, there's a lot more growth um there where we're, we're kind of peaking uh, in terms of geographical distribution that that because of the you know the, the demographic shifts and because of like the the way that we're able to monetize players in different ways and and attract different audiences that that, that you know things should be pretty pretty positive
0: mm, that's that's very true and and uh, i'm thinking more about just all the kids that are playing games right now as you said and and we can see it we can see this clearly through the games like Fortnite and the effect that Fortnite has had overall on them on let's say the mid-core market where we saw the Fortnite came out came out and games like that that were super popular before, let's say like Clash Royale, they went down immediately. So we kind of see the shift of the players from one game to another. And looking at Fortnite, a lot of kids are playing. So you can kind of draw the correlation that a lot of kids that were previously playing Clash Royale kind of moved over and, and are playing. Uh, Fortnite, and they're not worrying about the uh, the controls, you know, about the virtual joysticks and stuff like that 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 we thought are too core and too you know too console. Right. So
1: let, let me ask you the reverse question. So how worried should PC and console developers be about you know sort of their markets continuing to shrink?
0: Mm. Uh, I don't I don't think that their market is continuing. I, I don't I don't think their market is shrinking. I think the growth of their market is just significantly slower, but I, I don't think that, okay. that neither console nor PC is is shrinking. I think they're they're both growing, and I think PC is growing at a very very small percentage, but it's okay. not
1: shrinking. The, yeah, we, we should look that up. Somebody somebody on Twitter looked that up. For
0: yeah, <laughs> or I am talking out of my ass, but I remember I think it was Newsweek <laughs> report, and I remember looking at it, and I think we touched upon this in like one of our first twigs. Uh, on the on the market growth and i think i said the numbers wrong or something like that but i remember looking at the new zoo charts and it was predicting towards 2020 something and um and all the categories were growing but the speed of the growth of mobile games and mobile game revenues was just so much faster
1: right yeah i and yeah but to your point i think that you know, I mean, fundamentally, like PC and, and console gaming is a different experience. Like, you know, you can't play God of War on, on your mobile phone. It's just not going to be the same. So cer- certainly like that market's always, in my opinion, always going to be there. Um, but, you know, speaking in terms of the survey, you know, I do acknowledge that because of the convenience factor, because you do have that mobile phone with you all the time that, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a lot easier for you to, to play a game with, with, with your phone. Mm-hmm. Um but maybe one last question I can ask about the survey is um, that last point where, um, where there was just there was a statistic that suggested that thirty percent said they want better controls, and and to me that the kind of suggests that people like you do have that convenient gaming platform, but set, seems like that that user base also wants to play a more diverse set of games that are potentially more twitch action micro based mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which you could have if you had better controls. like what wh- how do you see that playing out? do you, Do you think that we'll get a you know a, a better black shark or <laughs> do you think that gets addressed or it just doesn't happen? Have you seen Black Shark? i haven't i'm gonna look it up after this I know. But now that you it. I know you think
0: it's a joke but you'll see it. there's there's one with unboxing theory where they have uh where they have black shark there it's ridiculous uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. anyway so that that would give, give you kind of the view of the type of controls that 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 phone offers um uh, i totally understand it i mean it's it's always like like i'm, I'm always thinking about the um what Henry Ford said when, when he because he has this saying about not listening to customers. And he said, that if, <laughs> if I would have had listened to customers, we would have faster horses. So, so, so I mean, there's one thing to listen to the market, but, but again, the, the people just don't know what they want and they kind right. of think that they want something. And when we give it to them, like there are games that are, you know, paid games that you can that has a story mode and the controls and and one of the first ones that I that come to my mind would be Oceanhorn, beautiful game. It's like Zelda. And I think they're coming oh, up yeah. with a sequel or something like that. Uh, just a phenomenal, if, the phenomenal production quality, phenomenal game. Costs like eight dollars. You should definitely get it if if you haven't. Um, people don't care about that. Like on on the large other like people, but I mean people is like majority. Of course, us who are gamers do love it, but it's not good business you know um so you know you could say one thing but in, in in fact it doesn't seem that the that the market is really moving to that direction where they want a story and and they appreciate controls and so forth but i'm hoping that i'm wrong uh, of course we we'd like to make more gamer games um the, the type of stuff that we used to play when we were you know kids or teenagers okay. but it just doesn't you know, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna base a business on that, on, on the wishes and, and hopes that I personally have.
1: Cool. So moving on to the next article, Zynga. Mm-hmm. Do you wanna take it, Mishka? And just so everyone knows, uh you, you worked at Zynga, right? I so you I did have great insight in, into this next article.
0: <laughs> There's absolutely <laughs> no insider information in what I'm saying. <laughs> so so this is all based on, on the article. Uh, as well as public and and you know the data provided by good old Sensor Tower and of course Game Refinery. So so <laughs> take it with a caveat. <laughs> so I think I think that covers the legal portion. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, so the article is Zynga is well positioned positioned in the favorable favorable video game market. Stifle says so. So this article, in short, talks about uh, Zynga's you know why the stock price should be at a price target of five dollars and the currently the stock price is at four dollars and at the lowest it was below two dollars uh, and at the highest it was you know way higher but but anyway it has reba- rebounded quite significantly during frank Jabot's time and it's actually doubled from from the lowest after he came to the company so so definitely a, a very um Successful in ever so far. Anyway, so the article says Zynga is well positioned within the mobile gaming market, which is expected to grow at 17% compounded annual growth rate uh, through 2021. An estimated 6.1 billion compatible devices will exist in 2022, which by default implies an increase in app and game downloads. Zynga boasts three legacy games or what they want to call what they call forever franchises and csr racing words with friends and zinga poker are mentioned as forever franchises weirdly enough farmville is not anyway uh these these um forever franchises which are unlikely to lose their appeal over time and generate at least 100 million in bookings per year while management continues to invest in its forever franchises it's also diversifying its gaming portfolio with multiple new games which mitigates overall risk if one particular franchise fails to see success bears are right to point out the lack of clarity in terms of the new game pipeline beyond the current year however management is is expected to remove this overhang as early as november in third quarter results anyway so so not a very deep analysis and kind of to be honest i mean they they're proposing a uh, uh, an increase of about 20% to a stock price based on uh, based on kind of weird fact is that there will be more mobile phones and that would lead to more downloads which would lead to Zynga growing so it's it's a, it's a very you know simplified view of the of the mobile gaming world
1: right so you're saying that they're just looking at financials key macro trends, but they're not actually looking at the product.
0: Exactly. And they're not looking at the competition and they're not seeing how the competition really disrupts the market. Like we've seen with Pokemon Go, we've seen seen category winning games that come in and just either own the category or just make it impossible for others to enter and kind of close it down. There's not that many categories where you can you know kind of own your own your space and that's where for our franchises franchise are but anyway let's look at the numbers provided by a good old uh, sensor tower so I, I i took a look at at the both downloads and the revenues and then kind of drew some some conclusion for that as well as some questions so when we look at the downloads for for the past year what we can see is the downloads actually peaked in the october of 2017 and since then, they have been declining, and they peaked at 17 million downloads, and they're currently at 10 million downloads a month. So that's a that's a huge decline of the downloads, and that kind of speaks against the whole argument of this investment bank. Of of you know, there there are definitely more devices than there were a year ago, but look at Zynga's downloads; they are from 17 down to 10. And we when we look more at the Zynga's um at Zynga's and by the way they were peaking at that point because of the launch of Words with Friends 2. Anyway, um they were the, the, the biggest the biggest drivers of downloads are this, uh, Solitaire uh so a game that that they bought for I think it was like 40 million dollars it the, the was a, some time ago so basically a game that monetizes through ads and kind of looks like a simple simple card game. The second most downloaded game was Words with Friends 2, naturally every time they relaunch Words with Friends that gets a lot of z- downloads zynga poker uh use okay plus so possibly one of those uh games that they bought from from peak as well as csr racing and merge dragons so those are the top five downloaded games uh but overall none of those games got more than than 13 of downloads and they got although all even the top games were between 13 to about five percent of overall downloads so they don't have like a one big game that drives all the downloads which is good and what we can also see that the games that they bought from Peak and Gram actually bring over 30% of downloads on, on a year-to-year basis. So, so definitely a good buy. Uh, and, and I think the, the Solitaire is not a peak game, but it was one of those uh, one of those games that they bought. So anyway, so what we can see from the download side is the downloads actually significantly significantly down, and mo and three out of five top games. That are driving downloads are the ones that are not really monetizing that heavily through in-app in-app purchases, but more of um, ad ad monetization. So uh, let's look at the revenues. On the revenue side, there's no dips, which is great. So what we can see is it's it's kind of like a steady thirty million a month from in-app purchases of net revenues, and this doesn't take into account all the uh, ad revenue that they're getting. So. Singapoker definitely leads the revenues and it brings about 25% of all the in-app purchases of the company. Then there's the Wizard of Oz Casinos, there's the Hidden Ridge, CSR Racing and Wizard of Oz Match, all bringing about 10 to 7% of overall revenues. Uh, games from Peak and, and Graham. Are not there? They're not in the top of the of of the uh, the revenue chart as well as Words Words with Friends because all of those games are very ad monetization driven and and you know it's I I'm not sure if Zynga reports the revenues coming in from from those um ad driven games but they are they do or.
1: They should, um, yeah. But we should, um, you know, we can follow up on another podcast where we yeah. deep dive on this and, and cover that.
0: But, but they can bring anywhere between hundred thousand to five hundred thousand a day through ad revenues because the games are so big and they are so well designed to monetize through ads. And you have to remember also that there's no app store um, tax coming in from ad revenue. So so even though they don't report, the sensor tower doesn't report. Merge Dragons or or um, Solitaire or Words with Friends or these Turkish poker games, uh, they're still very well monetizing titles or at least bringing significant value to the overall portfolio through cross-promotion. So that's the kind of a situation of, of Zynga is that they're, they're, their revenues are kind of stable uh, maybe maybe growing through ad monetization, but but from the in-app purchase side, they're stable. Their downloads are going down, and and there are some questions looking at their portfolio. So what we can see is that that they have well-covered arcade games. You know, in terms of gram games, that has been bringing uh, merge. Dra- I mean, merge dragons is their biggest hit, but there are there's a lot of other games that they tried. So there's the merge Gems, merge kingdoms, dragon park. But nothing has really been out globally since Zynga bought them or even before Zynga bought them. So, so we're kind of waiting for, for Gram Games to bring more of those arcade slash hyper-casual games to the market. Zynga has been quite successful throughout the time, actually, in, in building their capabilities in match-three games. So now Willy Wonka Sweet Adventure is one of the l- recent ones. And they the, and I believe the previous Willy Wonka match or or... No, it was um, Wizard of Oz matches already is one of the top grossing games that Zynga has. So so they've been actually been quite quite successful in entering this puzzle category, which is highly competed during the past um, about four years. In Casino, they are strong. They do have their slots games. And even though those slots games are not among the, the absolute elite of the category, they're still one of the best ones. And when it comes to poker, I mean, they're one of the two or two, three biggest poker games in the world, and they have been stable. And and after that whole debacle when they tried to redo the poker, they've kind of went back and just operated that one super old, but uh, but you know, forever franchise Zynga Poker, and it's been doing great. Words with friends again, Zynga redoes words Words with friends every every second year about. Uh, second or every every yeah pretty much every second year they relaunch that game and that drives significant traffic and it also allows them to input a little bit more monetization mechanics into it but and and then we have naturally the racing games and csr2 doing phenomenally great but then there's the questions of 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 the mid-core as well as simulation games so we haven't seen we haven't seen Seen Zynga really succeed in midcore games, despite really pushing forward. So, Dawn of Titans really didn't do well. Um, there was Empires and Allies; nothing major came out of that. And on the simulation front, you know, the Farmville Country Escape is 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 a nice, nice cash cow for the company, but it's not among the best games, and it's definitely not a growing one. Given that, even the the follow up title, The Tropic Escapes, hasn't hasn't been has it not actually better than their previous one. So Zynga is kind of searching itself in terms of mid-core games and and simulation games. But as I can see from your questions, you're probably going to ask something about Star Wars, right?
1: (laughs) Probably. Um, But yeah, let me first ask you, um, since, since, you know, given your experience working at Zynga, could could you comment on, like, what do you think Zynga is really good at? Like, what are their key strengths? Like, I've heard... You know they've, they've they're they're really good with BI analytics. They're they're good with having structured processes and 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 you know quantitative PMs. I also hear they have a pretty incredible like central research team mm-hmm. that's very helpful on game products. But I it, you know not everything for me is is just rumors. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't I don't know what what, what do you think.
0: What is Zynga really good at? I mean, Zynga is is largely like um like sort of a mini EA. There's a lot of EA people, and naturally, you can see it from the top all the way down to the uh, the game team. So, so they they follow that EA model quite to a T in a way that you always have the X factor for the games. So they're really good at they're really good at at the moment, especially really good at you know keeping those so so called forever franchises. In other words, they're really good at live operations. Good at analyzing, good at seeing what works, what doesn't, and good at distributing their their knowledge. Zing has traditionally been very product manager driven. So in different companies, you always have that one role that is above others, be it engineering, be it design, be it art, or be it you know product management. So in this case, or production. So in this case, definitely product managers run the ship. On, on every front, and that leads to a lot of um, optimization, a lot of A-B tests, uh, a lot of, um, um, you know, proven features being prioritized in the roadmap, which makes it much easier and, and much, which leads to much more successful live operations because, you know, you're not searching yourself with every update, you're doing things that make sense and then you're proving it with numbers. Uh, I would say the the counter effect of that is it's really hard to make new games um, when you're really good at optimizing games. You know, if that's your key strength, is if if product management is your key strength, being ultra creative and taking risks will be your weakness because right. that's against everything that product managers do. They benchmark. They have. They they don't come up with new stuff. So. Um, You know, in the general, I don't mean everybody, but in general. So, so that's, I think that, that is kind of also seen through the portfolio when you're looking at as, as you know, recent launches, which hasn't been many. So they, they are, they have been focusing on, on improving their, their existing portfolio and they have been very successful at that. So they've kind of gone to their roots.
1: Got it. So, so let's talk Star Wars for a minute. So just, just a quick mm-hmm. update to, to folks. In a previous Twig episode, we talked about the news that Zynga is going to be developing some Star Wars games, and we had, we had brainstormed some some different game ideas that, uh, that Zynga could work mm-hmm. on. The one that I was most excited about would be a, a March battle sort of 4X game with Star Wars, but um, after that episode, somebody had contacted me and said, actually, um, EA's are already working on that. No way. No <laughs> so way. We, yeah, so which sort of takes away that opportunity. Well, EA's working so then the question, on that, that is not
0: a that is not public knowledge.
1: <laughs> well, that is yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> apparently it's apparently it's announced so um so they're working on that.
0: I'm I'm googling this. I've I've never heard <laughs> about this. EA's working on a 4X. This is
1: Well, and for Star Wars I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes um, all
0: the sense. Yeah. Continue, please. I'm, I'm just...
1: Yeah. So then if if they're doing that, I guess for me, I'm I'm a little bit less optimistic in terms of what Zynga can do with Star Wars, just given that you know, it's hard to find sort of the right bullseye in terms of like the gameplay and, and the, the, the fiction and IP of Star Wars. But I do have a prediction on which studio is going to be working on one of their new games. And this is... So people know, like last week I was in um, Finland, I had an opportunity to meet with a couple of the folks from the Zynga Helsinki team. So this is just complete conjecture, but this is like the former SimCity Build-It team. I think, Mishka, you probably know a lot more about this team than I do, but when I visited, there was like this empty rec room. Uh, Well, it wasn't empty, but it was pretty, pretty Spartan, you know, relatively empty, except for one thing. There was a Star Wars pinball machine in that room. And so just based on that.
0: You're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. You're so wrong.
1: I'm I'm, I'm predicting that. (laughs) <laughs> okay, you're, you're drawing
0: okay. conclusion based on a visit to a,
1: on a pinball on, machine. On a pin, yes. There's a yes, pin. Who,
0: first of all, who doesn't have a Star Wars pinball machine? Anyway, <laughs> let me tell you a counter argument why why I don't think that Zynga Helsinki is working on Star Wars game, and that is the fact that the studio was set up way before they announced this Star the Star Wars partnership, and since then you okay. haven't seen an influx of new people coming in. And then they haven't been posting job ads. And in fact, all the job apps that they have been posting are regarded regarding their um, words with friends that they're doing there. So so it's it's a relatively small studio unless you went there recently and there you found hundred people somewhere crouching.
1: <laughs> no no no. I, I, I yeah, my so my my guess is that they would, you know, shift that team to work on a, a, a new Star Wars game, basically, instead of hiring up. But I I don't know they, again this is all conjecture. Um, <laughs> talking to, to, to the guys I met with, they wouldn't say anything to me. So, <laughs> in terms of what what they're actually working on, just 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 to put that out and, there. And if they would but have uh, said yeah.
0: anything to me, because I we used to work together at Digital Chocolate, I would not reveal it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, I but might, based but. on public <laughs> information, <laughs>
0: I right. highly doubt that they would be working on Star Wars, at least not with with the with the game With right now, Pro- maybe later. Okay. But, but yeah, so no, I don't think so. Plus, okay. who would want to work with Star Wars from Helsinki? Because now you have to do all the processes with the U.S. office and it will be just a, just a shit show. That would be a nightmare to, to work with Disney from Helsinki. It's a 10-hour time difference.
1: Okay, so last question for me. I, I'm not that deep on on Zinga, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I don't know a lot about them. But what's what's your outlook, Mishka? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with like the you know the the overall prospects for Zynga, which according to you know to this this banking report seems pretty favorable? Yeah.
0: So, um, I mean, this banking report is a joke. Uh, it. it <laughs> the, so I don't mean that the that I don't have a positive outlook on Zynga. I actually have a positive outlook on Zynga. and I do believe that that they are they are clinging to their portion of the market that is growing. So they are growing with the market and they have been doing excellent by by concentrating on what they are good at. And ac- actually the, the company throughout the history has never been the strongest game developer, but one of the best game optimizers. And they're playing to that strategy. They are buying studios, they are buying products, they're you know they're 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 filling up their portfolio with acquisitions and then optimizing that. That is what Zynga does the best, and, and that's what they're great at, as well as optimizing their existing games. So, so in that sense, I think their strategy is, is smart as hell. Uh, but, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bank on Zynga and coming up with with amazing genre defining games anytime soon. Uh, one of the studios that they have acquired, like Natural Motion or or even Zynga Helsinki, those might be the the ones responsible for for those cool new games. But, but I doubt that Zynga as a whole is is the most um traditionally creative uh game developer if you if you know what i mean um uh, they're they're as p m driven as as you can get got it so positive outlook but that report that that banking report is a goddamn joke like i would not take anything from let me who was that what's the uh, what's the bank called um stifle
1: yeah, yeah
0: so mm. don't take any advices from stifle when it comes to gaming I mean, the, even like the first thing that they said that because there's more devices, Zynga will also grow. And then you look at the downloads, their downloads are down by almost 40%. So, right. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Okay. So last, last article, um, this is an article, um, by Bloomberg and titled Nintendo bets on dragons and first built from scratch mobile game. And the game that that uh, this article is referencing is Dragalia Lost, which um, recently launched. And this title is interesting for a couple of reasons. First, it's uh, Nintendo's first mobile title featuring original IP rather than leveraging existing IP. It's also with a new partner. It's a co-dev with CyberAgent. And the game so far seems to be doing uh, pretty well in Japan. It's top five grossing in Japan. It's It's basically... A linear progression based ARPG. It, it actually reminds me a lot of um, Shito Neko Project, the White Cat Project, which is um, you know, which is a very similar game that was top grossing in Japan. Um, and it really feels like a more modern version of the game. Having said that, you know, this game compared to like, for example, Super Mario Run, did not quite have the same impact. So it had it had fewer than one million in uh, pre-registration versus twenty million for Super Mario Run. And so you know, it's an interesting question to think about how successful Nintendo can be, um, going outside of their stable of, um, of of existing IP and trying original IP. Uh, having said that, Nintendo overall, you know, it, it wants to bank pretty heavily in, in mobile gaming, and their president, Shuntaro Furukawa, he says he announced that he expects mobile game revenue for them to generate 100 billion yen, which is uh, roughly 890 million U.S. dollars in the near future for them. So another interesting part of this is that Nintendo swapped out DNA, their former partner for Cyber Agent. And the thinking here is that Super Mario Run failed to hit financial targets, and they had pretty mixed, if not sort of underwhelming results for some of the other titles like um, Mitomo. and um animal crossing pocket camp yeah and so yeah. if we if we look at sort of the, the, the revenue of, of some of the um s- some of the key games and so they they work they launched mitomo super mario run fire emblem heroes animal crossing and then there's a new game announced uh mario kart tour that'll come out uh either later this year or the beginning of next year but so super mario run uh tons of downloads 187 million downloads Against, however, only forty-six million in net revenue, according to Sensor Tower. Animal Crossing, twelve point six million downloads against twenty-one million in net revenue. And Fire Emblem Heroes, which was built by um, an internal Nintendo studio, so not DNA, only six point nine million downloads, but uh, much better revenue: one hundred and forty-one million in net revenue. And so, when you when you look at this, it's like, okay, yeah. I, Clearly, you know these games are are likely very profitable, but given the IP, given Nintendo, certainly very disappointing in terms of what they actually potentially could do. And so, you know, we've we've got one more uh, Mario Kart tour is is is, is going to be coming up next. We'll see how things go with that game. But the other thing that you know, that we also talked about in a former Twig um, episode is also all these rumors about Nintendo also planning a Netflix-style game subscription service. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. So I mean, I think the key takeaways for me is that it seems like you know again, mobile while profitable definitely is underperforming given that the Nintendo IPs are arguably the strongest you know, gaming IPs in the world. And, you know, if we compare sort of, you know, we're just talking about Zynga, how Zynga is doing, you know, let, let's compare Zynga to Nintendo. So in terms of like, you know, mobile performance and mobile revenue, and we can see that Zynga sort of life to date has generated 328 million downloads against 815 million in net revenue life of products. And Nintendo has generated 105 million downloads against $202 in net revenue. So Nintendo life to date is about 24% of downloads and 20% of net revenue compared to Zynga. And so, you know, taking this over to you, Mishka, you know, how do you think this plays plays out? Like who outperforms in the end, Zynga or Nintendo?
0: Mm, That's an interesting question because the, the two are as different as you can get. Uh the one is as we talked, very optimization heavy very product manager heavy uh you know it's trying to not copy but learn from from everybody versus the other one is doing what nobody else is doing, trying to create new experiences, even talking about subscription model which is which is you know broad monetization instead of whale driven monetization so it's a very right. polar opposite companies and and philosophy. So, so it's almost like pick your poison or, or, you know, who do you want to win? If, if a company like Zynga is the one that, that, that will grow and will become the biggest or, or the bigger of the two, that means that the market favors the optimization, the companies that optimize that fast follow that, that are really good at, at, you know, using analytics, uh, to, to squeeze the most out of the most profitable players and then adjust their games to, uh, to, the, um, to almost personalized needs of different players as well as using the ad revenue to boost those. And then if you if you believe and if you want to believe in companies like Nintendo, you're, you're always believing in, in a company that will try to innovate, trying to bring something new uh, is not that focused right. on, on data, but more focused on fun, unfocused on, on being uh, fair and focus on growing IPs instead of um instead of franchises if you know what i mean there's even even the way that they they talk about their brands and their franchises so kind of kind of different things so so yeah it's an american versus japanese company uh who will win in the end well based on the current growth pace it's it's really easy to say that it would be nintendo i mean they they're taking leaps and bounds and that's not even counting pokemon go which they've you know um they're probably taking cut out of that. So, so, um, and then there have been some misses, but, but overall, even when Nintendo misses, like with the, um, with the, um, God damn it. What's the animal crossing. Yeah. Even when they, when they do miss it's, it's not like a, like a big loss. So, um, right. So
1: yeah, I I think for, From from my perspective, I I mean, in my opinion, I just think Nintendo is just being way too conservative, right? They're moving slowly, which which is, you know, and and there's advantages of moving slowly. But the part that I don't like is that it seems like they're really trying to reduce risk by leveraging development partners who are likely, you know, bearing sort of the development costs and, and accepting that risk. So in my opinion, taking too much of a low risk approach in terms of like, you know, um, the success of the products. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's probably, um, given, given that their internal studio is the one that has performed the best, at least from a revenue perspective, I, I, I'd love to see Zynga doing more of that, or sorry, Nintendo doing more of that. And while I'm personally not a big fan of Zynga, and, and con- conversely, I'm a huge fan of Nintendo right now, I've got to think that the Zynga management team is, is stronger than Nintendo's, at least for mobile games. So for me, at least in the short to medium turn, I actually do think that Zynga probably outperforms Nintendo. But, um, you know, my my heart's there with Nintendo. I, I hope they, like, figure this out damn, and, and get the Damn, game.
0: JK picking Zynga over Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you said about, <laughs> about anything. Uh, so... I would personally pick Nintendo over Zynga and and the reason is quite simple Where, whereas I do agree with with, uh, with the fact that Zynga has a, has, a, has a very very good executive team built by Mr. Gibo and they have been able to grow the products that, that were uh, that they weren't concentrating on before. But I just feel that Nintendo is a slam dunk away from a major hit and so that's your yeah
1: one one product can like make exactly, up exactly and, and that's they are true. they have Absolutely the ability
0: true. to create
1: um, yeah and I, I yeah yeah to your to your point i i hope i you know again my heart's with nintendo i just Go
0: oh ahead. yeah so so what what i was yeah i kind of missed you but but yeah so you said your heart's hearts with nintendo but but what i mean is like when they have the ability to create a category defining hit does zynga have that ability i mean they, they, no. exactly i mean that that you answered it so what yeah. we we'll would likely see with with uh even with star wars license we're gonna likely see something that is risk averse that is gonna you know take the most out of the ip um and, and that will be great results but but there's not a lot of csr racings coming out of that they're they're not going to come out with sure. uh, with a pokemon go they're not going to come out with with anything that would that would reshape the, the whole mobile market and we have to kind of create a new bubble and name it you know x because that's where zynga owns now the everything so so um yeah it's it's just a different company it's a risk averse company versus the other one just jumps at risk right.
1: so yeah
0: yeah so, yeah go ahead
1: okay yeah sorry i think the internet was cutting out a little bit but yeah, so Nintendo versus Zynga Smackdown in the listener audience. If you have an <laughs> opinion, please let us know on Twitter. Help, help, help me change my mind. Yeah, here. Help,
0: help J.K. to be a believer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think I think we're, we covered everything. I was I was thinking about doing a little bit shorter because it's kind of late, but forty five minutes later, here we are. Uh, sounds good. All right, let's. Have a good, good day, good night, good morning, wh- wherever you are, everybody, and catch us
1: next week. All right, goodbye, Bye. everybody.